You know what really makes us mad is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Tell them about punk. Posers, welcome to Punk Lotto Pod. I'm your co-host Justin Hensley. I'm your other co-host Dylan Hensley. And this is the show where we assign our guests a year and they choose one punk, hardcore, emo, or post-hardcore. I mean, that is a thing that you could choose. Uh, Punk-adjacent record. (laughs) You could do Screamo, (laughs) Metalcore. Yeah, I guess my brain was just going to go down the whole list of genres, but uh, punk-adjacent records. Uh, It's punk, it's thrash, it's whatever. And uh, they choose it, and we talk about it. That's the easiest way to say it. But uh, today we are joined by Jeff and Jeremy of the Deathscography Pod, a podcast dedicated to the catalog of Deathwish Incorporated, Inc. And uh, this is a really fun conversation with those guys. Uh, What are we talking about today? We're talking about the year 2009, uh, and the record... By Touche Amore to the beat of a dead hoss. Uh, you can tell it's going to be a silly one mm-hmm. by our introduction. <laughs> this was a really fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, it, if it's four dudes, then you know it's probably going to be goofy. It's <laughs> usually how our episodes go. But yeah, this is a really, really fun episode. Uh, and you know, they're podcasters too, so naturally they're going to want to be a little little loose with it but uh you can head over to our patreon which is patreon.com slash punk pod where we did a deep dive on the 2009 punk charts you know we did another chart after doing a couple weeks of charts but you know it's a new year we're on a new rotation now and it clearly isn't because we didn't listen to enough other things to talk about <laughs> yeah and then you can follow us on all social medias instagram twitter facebook at punk pod Email address is punklottopod at gmail.com. We have a voicemail line. Uh, it's 202-688-PUNK, where I got a very funny uh, voicemail this week uh, from someone saying they heard what we said about Madball. And uh, <laughs> I'll play it for you later. I think we'll have to do, like, we have two voicemails I kind of want to address. And on a shorter episode, I might actually do uh, put play those and let everybody hear them because it's very funny. Uh, I, I'm... Part of me is wondering if it's just Steve who called us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you call us and leave us a voicemail threatening to beat us up because of our opinions on Madball. But uh, that, uh, that'll be it for now, and uh, enjoy the show. Let's 
Pleasure to burn. So we are here with Jeff and Jeremy of Deathscography Pod. Yeah. Dylan and I had a hard time trying to say that name earlier. <laughs> say it fast, though. Say it fast. Deathscography. <laughs> Deathscography. 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 This is a great choice on our part for a name. <clears throat> it's like a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Little triplet. Uh. <laughs> So, uh, just so the listeners could tell who's speaking when, uh, why don't you each uh, take turns uh, introducing yourself? Oh, hey, I'm Jeff. Uh, I'm the, if you've ever listened to Deskography, I'm the one that is never prepared. <laughs> uh, and I'm Jeremy, um, and I'm always over-prepared, so it, it, it works out. It really does. It's very much the same dynamic we have on our show. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's great for listeners to because it's almost like I get to teach Jeff. You know, <laughs> there's there is, there's always a pursued and a pursuer. Okay, like, it's never going to be fifty fifty. But you know, having a podcast where like both hosts are like super well researched and they're trying to get their information Boring. out at each other. Fuck them. Get them oh, out of here. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really not interested in your utopian fantasy that you're trying to push. I don't, I don't prescribe to that false news. So you two host a podcast dedicated to the catalog of Death Wish Incorporated. Do they still use the ink part? They do. Yep, yep. they Death absolutely do. Yeah. Um, they don't on their on their like catalog numbers. They just switched to DW, but it used to be DWI. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they stopped doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, we we have a phrase. It's a deep dive into the Death Wish Inc. discography. Mm, alliteration. Yeah, a lot of a lot of alliteration there. Yeah, that's good. We have a lot of alliteration too, and it's all plosives to start. You know, with P's. Nice. <laughs> that's good. And, and, that's and good. you guys don't have pop filters. You were just no. talking about pop filters. No pop screens. We're just it's blasting through hard P's and P's. Pop. <laughs> filter <laughs> damn uh, it's uh yeah it don't think things through sometimes but <laughs> yeah but uh yeah me and jeff host that podcast um we're also in uh technically two bands together oh, that's right that is true um yeah. we're in a band that's been a band for uh shit this year's 11 years yeah it's weird Ugh. uh called machinist <laughs> um it's like a metal hardcore thing and then we're in a band called pope boner uh that i uh that we started during the pandemic kind of it kind of started like five years ago 
and then Ooh. didn't do anything. And then I restarted it because I was bored and I needed something to do. And I asked Jeff to do the vocals and we put out like three records last year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> the, the prolific output of Pope Boner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's a thing. We're kind of like, I guess we're, you could call us like creative partners too. Cause we kind of like, yeah, you know, we've been doing machinists together for over a decade now and like, you know, this podcast and, uh, you know, also Pope Boner, like uh, also Jeremy, like when I was doing stand up for a long time and Jeremy was like the co-writer kind of like we, we kind of like mm-hmm. formed a lot of those jokes and those sets together. And, um, you know, we just kind of work really well together. So we're often each other's first, like, Hey, what about this? Exactly. He, just the guy I reach out to when I'm like, Hey, I, I, I want a friend involved, you know, so yeah. I reach out to Jeff. Yeah. So and I'm the one who's like, hey, what if we interviewed each other? Or what if we did an episode of the podcast, but I pretended to be you and you pretended to be me? I think it would be great. And Jeremy is like, and I send this to him at two in the morning, of course. And like at like eight in the morning when he has to go to work, he's like, uh. And I'm like, I look back at what I said to him. And I'm just like, man, this had way more legs when I was super stoned. Damn. All right. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> you did do that one episode where you did pretend I was on it. Oh yeah, because I yeah. was like sick or something, and we couldn't yeah. do it. So he did a bonus episode. I just had a recording of Jeremy saying "interesting," and I just like <laughs> I just kept putting it in. It was so dumb. Oh, these are all really good bits. I think this should yeah, definitely yeah, that, you definitely need to do the switching roles episode for that's sure. That's our thing. We just do bits. That's all it is. <laughs> it works, I guess. Well, you've been doing the show for, uh, I guess, as of this recording, what, 78 episodes have gone up? Yeah, Yeah. um, 78 uh, official episodes. Um, We've done probably a half dozen bonus episodes, and as well as uh, 22 Patreon episodes. So, well over 100 episodes total. We... uh, I made the mistake of not counting our Patreons when we started doing those, and now mm. I'm like, how many have we done? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we try to do, we try to just keep it at two a month. Uh, if any of our patrons are listening, they will currently be expressing their annoyance at the lack of some episodes. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah. yeah, the end of the year was stupid. <clears throat> uh, but yeah. we, um, yeah, we try to do two a month. So we've been the Patreon's been up for you know almost a year or over a year now, uh, but. We've been doing this since pretty early in 2020 pandemic. Like when the quarantine happened and everything shut down, we started yep. pretty quick because we were yeah, like, we, well, <laughs> we, we had band. actually floated around the idea of doing the podcast um, well before everything shut down. Like we had just talked about like, I mean, like any other, you know, group of friends are like, what if we recorded our conversations? It would be right. Great. It's some, it'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, and we didn't want to just do that, obviously. And so we, we waited a long time until we found a subject that we thought could like be explored that had not happened yet. And we decided, we decided we both, you know, uh, really liked De- uh, death wish and the catalog of those bands. And so we were like, let's fucking do a whole catalog. And at that point, we didn't know any other podcasts doing that. And then uh, all of a sudden there were it's like, like all six. of us had the idea at the same time. Yeah, we all thought of it like end yeah. on end and uh, meep, meep. Oh, crap, yeah, meep, meep. And Is then the there's one that does one? 
does one on revelation there's one uh-huh. that does it on uh yeah just like but they all we all like we started ours and then like within a month i found like three others and i was like yep. this is crazy <laughs> yeah yeah the closest thing i think i'd seen before that you know the, the label focused ones like you'd see like the band focused ones where it yeah. was like one song for from Blink 182 right yeah, that, that, yeah yeah that was the big big one yeah, yeah. so it's like uh, yeah, it's a weirder like uh, I don't know. Taking one song and spending a whole episode on it's kind of was it there? Was there? Like, was there like a? Sh- was it like a Jeremy? You remember? I'm sure where they did like a scene of a show. Like it was like every scene of oh yeah some of like oh it might be Star Wars. It might be Star Wars where they do every scene of the movie and it's like each episode is just that scene. Yeah, like, it's it's some ridiculous show like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's like a there's like a there was like a genre too of podcasts. It was like, yeah, mm-hmm. like one minute of every you know minute in a movie. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole podcast. I guess it's like an excuse to kind of just have yeah, a podcast like, about nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, obviously they're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff, but it's crazy like the extent that like the deep dive into that like super nerd level of like i really love trimmers we're gonna fucking talk about every minute of trimmers <laughs> all right jeff write that down all right write that yeah, down hold on. that's a good one that's a good one I, you get I, horror I, movie people too yeah. and on top of podcast people yeah it's kevin probably. bacon people reaper yeah. mcintyre people Come i'm on. a kevin bacon people <laughs> okay. he's, a, he's a baconator well let's, <laughs> i don't know that's bad all right and welcome oh, to RebaCast, where we do every episode of Reba. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh. That show ran a time. That, that show like, ran so long. Sounds like a murder scene. I'm just, <laughs> Damn. So you kind of had the same deal as us, where like you wanted to do a podcast before you even had a theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a theme emerged, and uh, <clears throat> was uh, was Death Wish just like the first one you thought of, or was it... You, yes. Hundred percent. Yeah, we just jumped to it. It was, um, you know, me and Jeff. uh, We our 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 friendship started really on like heavy music, uh, and so like Death Wish has been like bands on Death Wish have been in conversations since we became friends, and so it just made sense that that was the label that we chose. Um, It's turned out to be very interesting because, especially in the early early part of the discography, like I didn't know fucking half the bands. Uh -uh. You know, it's like Death Wish to me starts right around where we are with the podcast now. You know what I mean? Like a lot where we're at currently. I'm like, oh, I know these bands. It's almost like a hundred. It's almost a hundred releases in. You know, like yeah, exactly. Like there's a bunch of shit early on that we were like, "Mm." I was like, who the who the fuck is this band? You know who is uh who's Jesus Eater, and it turns out they're a fucking amazing band. That's yeah, who. it's the dude from Dag Nasty's in that band. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, um, but yeah, so we we just we chose Death Wish because we knew what the bands that we knew we knew were amazing, and so we we figured it had to be they all had to be probably decent. Yeah, it would you know, be cause it we, would be cool to find bands that we had no idea what it was. You know, but it was already also, linked to that label. Yeah, and we also kind of make it make, we didn't want to just like shit talk you know we didn't yeah. want to like talk shit on people's mm. stuff it's like there's plenty of things that we don't like and we talked about that on the podcast but like you know we didn't want to do like i don't know like a label like epitaph which has had some amazing releases 
but has also had a lot of terrible garbage. And so we're not, we didn't want to just be like, well, today we're talking about this shit ass band. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we, tr- we wanted to choose a label that we both thought like, okay, this is probably like 90% good shit. You know the, what I mean? The views expressed by Jeremy Maguire do not reflect <laughs> the views of, I'm just kidding. Uh, shout out Epitaph, that new fucking Soul Glow. Uh, yeah, that new Soul Glow. Soul Glow song and video came out. Yes, so good. It's, yeah. it's sick. Yeah. Dylan and I have talked about how Epitaph, like in the last like two years, has seemed to really been like, what's cool now? Yeah, like actually yeah, went and 100%. found those bands. <laughs> what are the kids into? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get All off right, Facebook. We'll I'm gonna have to get on Instagram. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know why Epitaph sounds like an old man. I don't know. <laughs> Because he is an old man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why. Well, Mr. Taff. <laughs> All right. The name is Taff. <laughs> call me Taff. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. We're going off the rails. You got to bring this yeah, You're, you're going you to have to bring us back, guys, because we will fucking bullshit for hours. Well, we, we um, there's two types of pod episodes that we have in our, our, uh, our, uh, what do you call a podcast discography? Uh, I think it's called a. I think it's called a. Um, podography. Podography. Yeah, that's it. That yeah, doesn't sound like that. a good yeah. thing. Our oeuvre. Yeah. Our oeuvre. I don't know. Like you call like a, a bunch of crows a murder. What do you call a bunch of episodes? A season. Yeah. A, a series. Yeah, a of time. A series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a fucking emotional breaking point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But we have like the episodes that are like we're on point. We are talking about the record the whole time. We are on the subjects that we are on, and then we have other ones where, mm. <laughs> like this should, one, go on, where it's just the most all over the place. Like every little tangent just takes you. On <laughs> this, I wonder. Like, I wonder what this one's going to be like. <laughs> very focused, I think. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, can, yeah very yeah. yeah. Very, very task oriented and detailed. <laughs> and, what what record have, are we doing? I don't know. I have the outline in front of me, guys. I can do this. <laughs> I have Jeremy's outline in front of me, guys. I, we can do this. Except that his first note is a question. It's not a question. It's a lyric, Jeff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is it that you want? <laughs> Did you do this on purpose? Did you send this to me on purpose? All right. Um, <laughs> I can see the regret in you guys' faces right now. <laughs> No, no, these these are the ones that I, w- I always think about later, where I'm just like, God. No, no, no these fuck. are tears of joy. It's fine. <laughs> we, um, yeah, it usually happens when there's four people on the line, too. Mm-hmm. That's usually when it's yeah. the wildest, but. I think uh, that's, I think it's hard no matter who you are. When you have four people on, it's just like, yeah. there's just too many directions that it can it's a, go. It's a lot, yeah. How, <laughs> how many were on for expositions? Was it Five. We had five oh people. Lord. That oh was a that God, was a lot. Dude. It was that was a lot. We've done that. I, I was like, I don't even know who's talking right now. <laughs> How many was on the pulses episode, Dylan? I think it was like five. I think it was you, me, and three mem- three members of pulses. Too much. So crazy. Like two in one room, and then like another guy on his own, and then and yeah, us. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't have five files to try and mix together. But. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so, um. The podcast is really cool. You've had some crazy guests on your show. Like, uh huh. <laughs> how did you get these people? B- blows our mind. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I'll, I'll step out and say it. It's fucking Jeremy, man. Like he does the work. He he talks to people. He gets the emails. He gets their email, and then they give him another email, and then they give him a you know 
Like, he's willing to do it, and he's just, like, landed some really crazy, like, I think the first biggie was Justin Pearson. Uh, yeah, some, that was a, you know, that was a big and one. The Locust and all that shit. And, you know, we were just like, at that point, we were like, fuck, like, well, that's it. We've peaked. You know, and then, <laughs> then Jared, he'll just send me screenshots of, like, a text conversation and I'll have to like figure out who it is that he's talking to. <laughs> and it's all and inevitably I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's just George from Blacklisted or yeah. Dwight from Integrity or and it's like it's, it's like I will say, like, you know, we've reached out to every single band we've covered. Not every band has reached back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and like some of them like basically don't exist and don't have any social media, so they're hard to get a hold of. But the bands that you know, we've been able to talk to and been able to have on, like it has been really fucking cool and has like, like Jeff said, led to other, you know, like I I've gotten some emails. Like we were able to, I was able to talk to Jake Bannon, like from Converge and, and the owner of death wish because of knowing George from, you know what I mean? Cause it's just like, duh, 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 duh. because once that, I think that, I think our most listened to episode is the first episode that George was on from blacklisted. Um, that was like a big thing, and that led to a couple other people coming mm-hmm. on, which was really cool. I think when some names, you know, quote names, whatever, like bigger guests started coming on, like it, it definitely like opened up a lot of avenues for us because like it just added legitimacy, I guess, in the eyes of like other potential guests. And they were like, oh, these are those kids that fucking hit me up about the first record we put on Death Wish. Maybe I'll talk to them this time because, I mean, these guys are on and they wouldn't co-sign if it was something stupid. So we'll do it too, it, it, maybe. Like, like literally, like we're going to have, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, we're going to have Dominic from the band Pulling Teeth on the next time we cover them because he's friends with Dwid from Integrity and heard that episode. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, and he reached mm-hmm. out, was like, yo, I want to come on. I was like, perfect, let's do it. You know what I mean? So... Cool. Yeah, and plus the way you have your show set as like focusing on a label, like anybody who's friends with those people will be like, "Well, I put out a record on that label. I want to do this." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like with with Dylan and I, we're just like it's random shit that whatever the guests <laughs> sure, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be crazy if you like found out what record they wanted to talk about and like the the guests were like dude this is my favorite shit it blew my mind blah 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 and then you get somebody from that band to come on also as a surprise <laughs> it's like you just blindside them with it and like, oh by the way here's your idol well, <laughs> yeah yeah shit now you gave me a no i can't do that i don't want to talk about their record in front of them <laughs> no that is that's, that's okay. a weird thing We've that is it. something i will say so early on we were doing bonus episodes when we would interview people because we were like i'm kind of uncomfortable criticizing someone's art to their face like Mm -hmm. that's very weird and so we were doing these bonus episodes like we did justin pearson because we had covered some girls and we did sex positions because we had covered their record and stuff like that and but then when we got george on from blacklisted we had already covered a blacklisted record so we were already like gotten out most of our opinions about that band and that previous one and we both me and jeff were like well we like this band and we know we're probably going to like this record that he's going to come on so i feel like that's okay because i'm always worried that we're going to have someone on and then i'm not going to like the record and then i have to like because i don't want to lie to someone's face and be like i really like this record when i don't you know what i mean um but you know like so it's just this weird line where it's like you know we have we we covered an integrity record early on and then we were like, well, we like Integrity, so let's see if Dwid wants to come on this this one because probably gonna like this because this you know because Integrity is Integrity, right? So yeah, 
<clears throat> but like when it comes to a new band that neither of us have heard, we're definitely not going to have the band on because we might not like it. You know what I mean? Um, like, I don't remember the band off the top of my head, but we recently had an episode where I liked a record and Jeff really didn't like it. And if we had had the band, that would have been way too uncomfortable and yeah. I would not have been into that. Also, like, I will go on record saying that I was, like, hella negging that day. Like, I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, it was, was, I was trying to articulate and I was failing miserably. So it just sounded, I was just... It's my least favorite episode we've ever recorded because I was like, man, I sound like a fucking asshole on this on this, <laughs> on this episode, dude. Like, I am not coming across well on the internet right now. But yeah, uh, we we worked, we had to work through. I, I'm on on one level. I am glad that we kind of did as many episodes as we did by mm-hmm. ourselves because mm-hmm. we definitely needed to like figure out how to talk about music in a way sure. that was like. Totally. interesting and engaging and constructive and and not just like i didn't like it you know yeah <laughs> right right I, i've to definitely be, to be I've, able to have the conversations with people where it's like they picked a record and then like one of us liked it one of us didn't to be able to right. like kind of like broach that opinion mm-hmm. and be like you know this is you know this is what i thought of it i didn't care for it but i get totally. where you're coming from but yeah, to do that with an artist with their record that has any kind of legacy that would be like no way <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure it's scary I've definitely like listened to some other um, podcasts that are like kind of in the same vein as us, and like some something that I came away with that I immediately like texted Jeremy about was like I, I don't want to come across as like just shredding or ripping or you know dogging on a record because like I mean it might it might get listens or views because of course you know drama breeds interest, but like I just don't want to go about it like that. Like that's not what we want to do with our podcast we don't want to just bitch about stuff or or talk trash about stuff we're not trying to pitchfork stuff yeah yeah Yeah, it's like well we're not trying to pitchfork stuff but we're also not just trying to like like i mean yes i love death wish but i'm also not trying to bullshit if i don't like something i'm gonna say i don't like it like i'm not gonna just lie totally so it's like this weird it's this it's this pretty big middle ground of just like you know even if i don't like a record i'll try to find something i do like about it uh you know and then but then I will fully admit, be like, I'm never going to listen to this again. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And you don't, you know, you don't work for Death Wish. Right. No, no we, we have no affiliation with them. Like, you're not marketing their records for them, you know? Right. It's like, and I think that's why we felt comfortable doing it. We've had people ask us, like, are you guys affiliated with them? And da 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 da. Because I think, uh, there is a, I think Polyvinyl does a podcast that, like, they're producing about their history and it's like that's a very different kind of thing you know what i mean and it's like that's not us that's not what we're doing you no. know yeah like and also like we've gotten some pretty good traction with death wish on their socials i guess like they reshare our stuff and like and i think that led to some confusion for some people like they were like oh shit like they're part of death wish or they're with death wish and we're not at all like uh, you know the, the the early episodes jeremy like well like not the first five, but we got bitched at by some people. And so we quickly added in like, Hey, we're not fucking professionals. We're just fans. We're doing this thing. And then like later on, we stopped saying that because we got a little more comfortable with podcasting. And like, we were like, well, yeah, it is like it, the way we were doing things originally, Jeremy changed and became, it became more research driven and more like, um, there are, um, sources, and, you know, he can go back and say, hey, fucking no, I fucking read that right here in this article that came out on this day. You know, yeah. if somebody bitches or whatever, or somebody says something. 
Um, and so, you know, it became not scholarly by any means, but it became more researched and more serious as we went on and as our listenership grew because we wanted to try to do the best. Jeremy wanted to try to do the best that he could. <laughs> I continued exactly as always. Uh, and I said, you're doing a great job, bud. <laughs> we had a little bit of growing pains, too, and along those lines, because our original way of doing the show is like we chose the records kind of at random. Mm. So it was more like it was, it was a name we recognized, and it's a record that seemed like we should talk about it. We listened to it and talked about it, and then we would give like negative reviews on stuff because we didn't like whatever we didn't like. Right. And then it wound up, <laughs> we wound up getting some uh, negative comments from like people in the band, right? And, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, "Ooh, uh, yeah, hmm, let's uh, let's rethink this." Like yeah. we, oh, we have a lot of negative reviews on our um, on our iTunes, yes. and it's all from like basically the first like forty episodes where it was just us saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that Millions of Dead Cops record is going to be very good. And then, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah. a way to make people mad. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is a way to get a response. <laughs> it is. And that's why we have a 3.8, <laughs> not, <laughs> not a, a 5. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think, but, our um, first, I think our first intro episode originally was recorded on, like, just, like, a microphone that me and Jeremy were sitting next to each other, like, holding and, like... We, I don't think it ever saw the light of day. I think we re-recorded it because we were like, "This is the we don't want to start like this. People are gonna like, destroy we're, we're us. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna but, we're, let's redo this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no one will listen to this. But, yeah, yeah, we though. we had to we tried a very very early attempt at a podcast before we had our like our angle uh-huh. um, where it was just two dudes shooting the shit and it was mm-hmm. not. Something right. anyone should ever listen to. <laughs> yeah, you don't want. I mean, you don't want to hear a couple of white guys talking. <laughs> That's what that, Jeremy, was, that, that was. The, that was the first thing Jeremy said to me when we first started talking about a podcast. He's like, "Yeah, but I don't want it to just be some white dudes talking about nothing." Because that's yeah, every like, podcast. We're not, do, we're not fucking doing that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "It's not happening." Yeah, you know, how like many we were times- gonna have a subject and we were going to fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, there's been so many times, too, where it's, like, it's comedians that I like, and they have a podcast, and I'm like, hell yeah, I love these comedians. And then it's the same thing. They're just sitting there just talking about yeah. whatever. There's no yeah. angle. There's no gimmick. Yeah. And it's just, like, it gets boring because, like, totally. it's just not, not funny. You know, yeah. it's like, this is clearly not your A material because you're just off the cuff, you know. And, and, and also, like, I don't give a fuck about what y'all are talking about. Y'all are interested in it right now because you're talking about it. But, like, right. me hearing it three years later on the internet is I don't care at all. Yeah. Um, is there anything upcoming you're willing to talk about? Or are you kind of keeping it a little on the down well, low? T- when is, when is this coming out? We... Uh, it'll be next week actually. Next so next week. Wednesday. Cool. cool. Um, <clears throat> to be, to be honest, the end of the year was really rough uh, personally mm-hmm. for us and uh, not to go into details or anything like that. So like we, we kind of took a little time off and, uh, or, or kind of just like regrouping sort of thing. And uh, we're going to definitely like the first episode back will be, we're covering a Narrows record. Um, and I'm really excited about that because we definitely liked it. And like, I've been talking to them and maybe you know, like they have a lot of records on Death Wish. I don't know. It's just like, we don't like to over promise because mm. also because we do a podcast pretty, it's like regularly. It's like, so it's like, sometimes it's like, okay, so we have this, one week window where we could have someone on because it makes sense for the record 
but like they're not available. Yeah, and we don't. So it's just we like, don't like pre-record a lot of episodes. Like we're yeah. kind no, of we, going, we try to keep it topical. Like yeah, yeah because a, a part of the podcast is you know like we have a whole repeat section where we just talk about what we've been listening to and like news like because we want to cover death wish news and so it needs to be like okay so this is happening right now and so we try to do it like we were doing one a week like well when we first started we were doing two Two a week because we were so bored and uh (laughs) and then we we switched to one a week when things started like we started i got a job again and stuff like that but now we're doing one every two weeks um just because life got really fucking weird uh but it's still just like we're trying to remain topical. We don't, so we don't bank episodes. We, we, yeah. we do them when we can. And so it's like that lends to making it so that we can't always get guests and stuff like that. But so again, I don't want to overpromise, but I will say I am talking to people about coming on. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm always excited to see who you, who you actually managed to get a hold of. So that's always really fun. I will say uh, next month uh, or, in March, Converge is doing a tour through Florida, uh, and I bought tickets uh, to see them in Orlando because I live in Florida. And uh, I'm bringing my field recorder, and I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna run up to Jake Banner, talk to me. <laughs> it'll, that'll, that'll be the recording. It'll just be like, hi, hi, sir, you can't, hi, Jake, Jake, <laughs> sir, you can't, don't, psh, psh, Jake. <laughs> And that was the bonus episode where I got punched yeah. by a security guard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the noise of him being thrown out a back door, <laughs> like, a, like a like a Muppet, like ah! cool. <laughs> uh, And my last question is: I mean, you've got plenty of time until you get to this point, but what happens when you're all caught up? Oh man! <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll never be done. Yeah, right. That's like, the idea, hopefully, right? you know, like. If they keep fucking g- doing shit like they did this year and put out three records, we'll definitely be done because they did yeah. not put a lot out. Yeah, but you know, we could just you know we could have a rant when they put out a new record. We do a new episode. No, I mean the the when we catch up when we when we get to the end, you know, we thought about like because um, well, it, as an example, that Blink One Eighty Two podcast where they covered every song is eventually they covered every song and they just mm-hmm. transitioned to a more general music podcast. Right. Yeah. And so they like, and so that's, that's been a thought of mine is like, maybe we do another label or maybe we do something more general, but it's like, honestly, we're like probably three years away from that. So yeah. I'm not really thinking about it too much right now. And I mean, we have a pretty, we have a pretty constant listenership, you know, like, like we have a, a group of people that tune in every episode and I think that like, and a lot of the reviews that we've gotten are like, oh, like it's cool they're talking about these records. But I just like listening to these two guys talk to each other because we have a really strong rapport with each other because we've been friends forever. So like, I think wherever it goes, I think it'll be okay, and I think that people will continue to listen because like through being interested in a Death Wish podcast, they kind of have become fans of us, I guess. So like, I think that it might work out wherever it ends up going yeah yeah i mean that yeah that's a that's a really good following to have like you want a following that's like whoa they don't care about the record but they listen to the episode anyway right Right. you know that that was a that was a goal for the for the and i'm sorry that we're just still talking about the fucking podcast uh (laughs) uh, that was a goal for the podcast was like we wanted to like it's like yeah it's first and foremost death wish but we also want like you know, I listen to like various podcasts where I'm not interested in every single fucking episode, but I listen anyways because I like the host and I like their 
their opinions on things and what the way they talk about it and like and so like i feel like that was definitely a goal is to like make it so that people liked us and liked you know like i said we had those repeating sections at the end where we're talking about personal stuff so it's like you know i'm not trying to make the podcast about me but i am trying to make it so that people give uh every episode a chance rather Mm -hmm. than only listening to the records to the episodes that focus on records they know you know mm-hmm. yeah right the pick and choose a la carte right. approach to it yeah oh yeah makes perfect sense and you're smart to put that on the back end because then you you lose all those people who are like oh well i want to listen to the show and they just started off talking about whatever they wanted and <laughs> yeah. we, there's definitely a story where like we're recording an episode and i look over to my right and i freak the fuck out and oh Jer- this and, Jer- and jeremy's like what what and i like take the laptop and turn it and there's the biggest fucking cockroach ever, like just on the fucking table next to me. And like, I am trying to like, like the, it's all in the pocket. I'm trying to fucking like get it and like fucking get it outside. And he's just like laughing at me the whole time. And, and then like somewhere on the internet, some guy was like, somebody like tagged us and they were like, this shit's awesome. I love it. And some dude was like, yeah, I tried to listen to an episode, but they talked about a fucking roach for way too long. And I was like, <laughs> what's funny is I edited a lot of it out, firm, but I kept, I kind of, I kept a bunch in firm, but fair. <laughs> yeah. Firm, but fair. Yeah. I just love that. That's the one he landed on. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Like a cockroach. He landed on the, oh, uh, no. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, let's move into the format of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. So we're only we're only forty five minutes into your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, I can already tell. Like just from like when we turned on all our cameras, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a long one." Uh, so. <laughs> the signs were there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so good. the premise, those are good ones. <laughs> the premise of the show is we sign our guests a year, and they choose one punk, hardcore, emo, or punk adjacent album from that year for us to talk about. And before we get into the record you actually chose, uh, we gave you the year 2009. So what are some records that came out that year that you considered talking about? Well, um, I would say, uh, like, so I wasn't sure. The big one for me, and Jeff Jeff, uh, Jeff said no on this because he is unfamiliar with the band or and unfamiliar with the record. And I also just agreed to no because I was like, I don't really know if it's, it's it's it, it, I don't I wouldn't call it punk adjacent at all. Is Manchester Orchestra Orchestra's second record mean everything to nothing? Uh, that came out in two thousand and nine. It's one of my favorite records of all time. And I was like, I want to talk about this record. I was like, well, I don't think we should. I don't think. We should. <laughs> um, and then, but as far as like like records that we really considered um, that would make sense, uh, Magruder Grind put out a record that year. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing record. Um, Weekend Nachos put out an amazing record that year. Uh, fuck, who else? Rise and Fall. Jeff. Oh yeah, Rise and Fall put out a record. So okay, <laughs> Jeff, you want to say why we didn't cover maybe a Converge record? Also yeah. Came so, out that uh, year? So, <laughs> so obviously, like, let's go. Let's just fucking get the elephant out of the bag. Uh, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> no, fuck it. That's fine. <laughs> let's get the cat out of the bag. The elephant in the room. I don't know. Let's give the cat uh, an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, obviously like the biggie that came out in 2009 and arguably the best hardcore record or whatever is Axe to Fall by Converge, but we haven't covered it yet on Deathscography podcast. And we were like, well, we don't want to give our hot takes to them. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Don't, 
Don't burn one over here. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a, a, a Converge record. I think there's a Blacklisted record. That Mastodon record came out. Uh, Cracked uh, the, yeah, oh. the Sky. The, yeah, yeah, the Space Monks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they did um, a but thing. But to be honest, I mean, there were a lot of great records in 2009, but to be honest, it, it when we when we got the year, I didn't have anything come to mind immediately. Um, and it wasn't until I did I did some digging that we that I found the record that we're gonna talk about. Shark and bites like, and oh. do- shark bites and dog fights by Skindred. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> come on. But yeah, because uh, t- new junk aesthetic by Every Time I Die also, that was, also uh, came out in two thousand nine. Yeah, like, but for me, I didn't want to do that because I'm actually a bigger fan of the Big Dirty, which is the record out before that. Mm. And so I was like, I was disappointed by new junk aesthetic, but. That's a different conversation. <laughs> Tell us how you really um, feel. I will. So yeah, but 2009, I was you know I was 19 and I was in my uh, I was really early in college, but I was still in my very much my like I'm listening to a lot of high school bands that you know, but I'm also discovering like I, would, I moved to Atlanta for college and I was also discovering like like re, like real hardcore like Foundation so, and are, are uh, you are you out of a day to remember at this point? Because uh, homesick, I, I think I was. Out, I was homesick. Came out in two thousand nine as well. So I was, I was on my way out. Mm. I was. I, I liked homesick for sure. But then, like by the end of that year, I was like, okay, I think I'm kind of done with this. I was super into a day to remember. Like that kind of I was. easy core metalcore stuff. Yeah, definitely. I was super. But like, sorry, know, I'm, just, I'm just going to interview Jeremy on you guys' show. <laughs> sorry, fuck. <laughs> but Doing what I was saying is, I sorry. so like a lot of these records that I just brought up that we thought about covering i didn't listen to until much later um like i just wasn't into this type of music at that time uh and it wasn't until i started to get into heavier bands and 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 stuff like that like like i said i moved to atlanta right as foundation was like taking off and i was like holy shit this this style of hardcore is insane and i like went into that really hard and like but i was also going to the masquerade seeing the devil wears prada you know what i mean so like i was very like weirdly all over the place for that um so like i said 2009 just like not a lot of records that i like was drawn to except for that manchester orchestra record that record's amazing but uh there is a foundation record in 09 yeah that's yeah i i I know there is it's it's a good record it's not their best record though so yeah right i didn't want to yeah i didn't want to cover it (laughs) yeah uh dylan and i we did a over on our patreon we did like a dive on the records that came out in 2009 where we just kind of like go through like the, the list that I originally sent you sure. and just like go through the albums that came out that year. And it was weird. Cause like going through it, I was like, yeah, 2009 has got to be a huge year. And then by the end of it, I was like, Hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's you're like, like 50 records that I really like still, you know, like maybe, yeah. you know, and like, and like a lot of bands put out records, but like in those bands, discographies, I wouldn't say <laughs> they were a lot of their best works. Yeah. It's, it's a weird year for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is a strange year. Yeah, we which is funny because like you don't really think about. I feel like most people don't think about music in that way, where you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's a, it's a weird year for music." No, it's like no, there's always new stuff that you're finding, or you know. But whenever like you go retroactive and you go through like a full year's worth of stuff, that's when you're like, "Huh, weird." Yep. Either <laughs> either the year wasn't good, or I just wasn't paying attention. You well, know. What are some 2009 records that you guys like? Um, what do you got, Dylan? Let you, let you um, leave us on that one. I I will give my opinions on that Converge record. Um, 
I was really looking forward to that one because I had mm-hmm. gotten into them um, when like right when No Heroes came out. So okay. I was like, okay. I loved No Heroes, and I'd like gone back and bought some of their other records, and was was just like a super fan at this point. And I remember being really disappointed with Axe to Fall. Like not Ooh. like I didn't like it, Ooh. but it was just like there was such a big hype, especially with all of the contributors. Like yeah. Yeah. The, having Steve Von Till and having like the Genghis Tron guys and like all these different people that I was into that I knew who they were and then like I listened to the record and I'm like it didn't really add anything to it <laughs> and it's kind of like an, a pretty good Converge record well I I was going to ask you to be the guest on that when we cover that it's, episode uh, I'm not going to do that now been, I was about to say it's been cool Dylan, being on you guys' podcast I gotta uh, go man we we are legally we can't talk shit about you know, we work we work, we work for Death Wish so you know yeah. he's never going to get that Jake interview now yeah. never never ever Re- revisiting it now um, I can definitely appreciate Back way more up. about it that I that I missed then good save good save um, good job um, but th- there is because I was listening to it, I was listening to it this week and I'm like Dark Horse Reboot You So Axe to Fall I'm like damn right. damn yeah. back to back just like Bangers. fast pummeling stuff and then I don't remember which track it is it's probably the five minute six minute almost six minute track it goes <laughs> and I'm like wait what does it do ah. hold on hold on let me close uh, my eyes there's a little like a like a little surf guitar like how does it go no 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 but, but specifically how does it go riff. how does it go how does it go again <laughs> thank you and I'm nice. like huh just drops just like that yeah, just gonna, yeah. It hit the wall and that's not that that's even a bad song but it was just such a like dynamic shift that i'm like that must have been it like that must have been it for me like they right. the dynamic changes that they did on that record were not what i wanted as a 19 year old right yeah yeah i think that i think it converges a bit not to jump into it too far but i think converges a band that like is always going to do that to, to people like they're always going to to change things or move things and it's just kind of like this is not what I wanted. I want you to do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And I mean, and perfect example is that record that came out last year. Yeah, the blood which I loved. It. Yeah. yeah, but it's like it's very good. much people are like, this isn't. Converge. Oh yeah, everybody. They're just like like what even the fuck? you fail me has that kind of reputation too with people who are just like hardcore mm-hmm. into Jane Doe, and then you fail me comes out and they're like, what? Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's crazy because yeah, I you feel like it me. happens every time Converge puts a record I mean, out. People, you say, fail me might be my favorite Converge record. Like, oh, that's that, my favorite. It's you know yeah. what I mean. So it's like, anyways, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. this isn't Deathography, goddammit. <laughs> We're talking about other stuff. But anyway, um, speaking of Death Wish records, though, uh, that blacklisted record, no one deserves yep. to be here more than me. Fucking mm-hmm. perfect, it's a great record. record. I love that record so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, looking at like the stuff that came out that year that like I really liked. Um, I don't know. Like I have a couple things that like I've been looking at. Like I, I like a really a lot of melodic stuff. So like American Steel put out a record that year, and AJJ uh-huh. put one out that I loved, and um, Boom Boom for- Pal by Black Eyed Peas. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I bought that record from my dad <laughs> on sick, vinyl. Sick. <laughs> oh, for some I thought reason... you said from your dad. Like he <laughs> he's selling them out of his trunk. You know, <laughs> he's like he's like I got it. I got that fucking boom, <laughs> oh, it's boom kinda like, dude. It's kind of like the explosion, beginning explosion of Miley Cyrus. Like you got party in the USA and the climb. Like that was happening. <laughs> Poker face by Lady Gaga dropped that year. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, so I yeah, I guess in terms of pop, it could have been a big year, but that's yeah. I'm just not a by pop heavy, person. By heavy so, music, like, this was we've. Talked I don't know about, why I just made faces on the podcast. No one could fucking see that. I'm stupid. <laughs> God, I'm stupid. We've talked about in the past this this time period. There's like kind of a couple of year span. I feel like it's like 2007 to 2010, which is a, that's a pretty big span. But 2009 being right in the middle of that seems right to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just a generational like I'm exactly the right age or to notice that. But it's there's this shift from the the mallcore emo metalcore bands warp tour to what we what we usually refer to as death wish hardcore, which mm-hmm. right we use that. T- more broad than just death wish records but like that label really exemplified that mm-hmm. that kind of real hardcore mm-hmm. sound that everyone it felt like everyone got into like discovered at the same time they're like right. oh there's this stuff this is like real hardcore right uh, but this is an this is an interesting year where i have a little bit of that overlap like being into some of that stuff into the new getting into the newer hardcore stuff um, but then also still listening to like that between the buried and me record that came that, out or right. literally when I was on fire. Literally what I was going to say, like I was super listening to like between the buried and me dead to fall, um, mm-hmm. like these, like kind of like progressive metalcore kind of bands. Like, or, you know, obviously between the buried and me has gone on to be like a progressive metal band, Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but like these, like, hardcore bands or metalcore bands that had like a li- like unearth they had like a little more like shred shit going on mm-hmm. um i was definitely listening to a lot of like that around this mm-hmm. this era um i revisited yeah. that uh between the buried and me record this week too and uh god i couldn't finish it i was like <laughs> halfway through it which, <laughs> is it, which is it, one is it great misdirect is it that one yeah, yeah. that yeah. one yeah mm. yeah it's yeah, the follow-up so it's the follow-up to colors come on yeah colors is a great record but mm-hmm. I, I I loved Colors. It was like one of my favorite records mm-hmm. uh, when it came out. And then I I remember listening. I remember sitting on the couch in the lobby of my dorm in college, listening to that Between the Buried and Me record when it came out for the first yep. time, and just being like, "Who cares?" <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Did you wow. know that uh, Between the Buried and Me in 2021 released Colors Two? I, saw, I heard that, but I, I haven't, haven't listened to I, it. I haven't listened to it, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I definitely worked at a college radio station when it came out, uh, when Colors came out, and I played it. They had a thing where they sent, you know, obviously they sent promo copies. Uh, they were still sending CDs at the time. And they sent a promo copy, and it was like, hey, like, we're trying to get people to play this record in its entirety. And it was a college radio station, so there were no fucking rules. I could just do whatever <laughs> I wanted. So I did it, and they sent me a... I actually sold it later for money, but they sent me a a printout, a piece of printer paper with a picture of Snake Plissken, Kurt Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken, <laughs> on it, and it said, yeah, "Nice, you go. yeah, nice, sick." He's, he's wearing the 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 shirt, but uh, yeah, it's a picture of him on a motorcycle, and it says, 
Kurt says colors kicks balls. And it's like, <laughs> and, and like all of them signed it. And I had it framed for a long time. And then like during, actually during COVID, during 2020, uh, I was out of a job because I do pr- production work. And, uh, you know, there's nothing happening. And I was like selling everything just to like exist. And I sold it to uh, this guy from, in Florida who's like a huge Between the Buried and Me fan. He was like, I'll fucking pay you money for that. And I was like, I will give it to you for money. Yeah. <laughs> I so, will agree to that transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was the time period where I was, the emo revival was really, really taking off during this, you know, so like Snowing put out a record, Altron mm-hmm. put out an EP, like, you right. know, that kind of stuff was blowing up in the process of blowing up. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's kind of segues a little bit perfectly. Uh, the record mm-hmm. we're talking about today kind of lives go. in that world yeah. it does. and in yeah. the Death Wish hardcore world. So. Let's transition. It's like I. It's like I do this. <laughs> that was a good. All that was a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> totally random selection there, but uh, uh, so uh, we gave you 2009, and you selected Touche Amores to the beat of a dead horse. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I thought it was a little longer. Yep. It's like 18 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's great. I love, I love it. it. I was like, I got to listen to it like three times in a row today. I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> not not considered a full length by Eulogy Records standards. Oh, yeah. Just fuck, so you know. Fuck them. Uh, the record label Eulogy, we put out a record with them, and they were like, you have to, at the time we were putting out like minute long songs, and uh, they were like, the record has to be 20 minutes to be a full length. We won't carry it unless it's 20 minutes. So we wrote yeah. like 18 songs <laughs> and put it out on a record. Uh, Anyways, yeah, touche um, more. Yeah, here yeah, we go. Yeah, touche more. I got a couple a couple of my uh, stats on the record. So uh, Touche Amore are from Los Angeles, California. They formed in 2007. This was released June 2009 on 6131 and Collect Records. This is the band's first full-length album. The person on the album is Elliot Babin on drums, Jeremy Bohm on vocals, Nick Steinhardt on bass, Clayton Stevens on guitar, and Tyson White on guitar. And the album was also produced by Alex Estrada, who probably is m- most known for producing a couple of Joyce Manor records around this time period. Nice. Um... Couple guest appearances as well. Jeff Rickley of Thursday provides vocals on Always Running, and Jeff Eaton of Modern Life is War lends his vocals to History Reshits itself. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a couple more things, but I'll get to those later. So first thing I always ask is, what made you select this album for us to talk about? Um, so 
you know, Touche obviously ended up being a Death Wish band. Uh, this record is not a Death Wish record. It's obviously a 6131. Um, but Touche uh, is one of my, I would say in this melodic, hardcore, screamo world they live in, they're my favorite band in that in this genre. Um, at least at least contemporary stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and so when I saw this record, it was definitely like I, I immediately screenshot it. I was like, I'm sending this to Jeff. I think this is one of the ones I want to talk about. And then, like I said, we talked we talked about the other stuff, and I was like, that all's cool, and I like those records, but I really like this record, and I really I like this band's overall discography more than I like probably those other bands' overall discographies. You know what I mean? Uh, I will say this is not my favorite record by them, but it is top three for sure. Um, I think that it's a really important record when you look at like what was happening musically in that crossover time period, like you were talking about, like, uh, for me at this point, like my inklings of bands in this style were 100% lot of dispute. The names I saw were lot of dispute touche. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Like hundred percent. Uh, you know, lot of dispute had come out with the, the fucking huge record, like two years before. Is that the, what is it? The fucking the bottom of a river whatever somewhere at the bottom yeah. of the river yeah. Yeah, yeah and then vancouver was way earlier but um but then you know this band was like the other one it was like la dispute which i was super into and then like touche amore which i wasn't as familiar with i just knew that they were like the other biggie in the genre at the time um so i was like following la dispute actively and i was aware of touche amore um but. If uh, if you had to pick a third, who's the third band in that line? Who do you think it is? Ooh. Um, Ooh. I at the time I wasn't really uh, aware of them, but like thinking about it, like now I would say like piano, pianos maybe become pianos. The teeth. Absolutely, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, that's that's the answer. When you were saying like the one and the two, and I was like, and the third was pianos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so for me, pianos. I didn't really get into pianos until much later right. than yeah. the other two. So that's why it's like at the time I don't even think I knew who that was. No. But I was definitely aware of La Dispute. Sa same thing with me. Like Jeff said, La Dispute was my shit for a long for a while and around that era. And Touche, like I think I became aware of Touche uh, because they did that split with La Dispute. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, and I think I became aware of pianos because of the split with Touche. Right. So it's this weird <laughs> transitive property. Right. But uh, that that screamo, that screamo wave. There's a uh, there's a there's a name for that wave of of, yeah. of oh, what is it called? Oh my! It may I think maybe it's called the wave. I don't know. Yeah, it I, is. Like I've yeah. seen people refer to 2011 being kind of the wave. Like right. Um, so, right. so like I think stuff like. I think like title fight and sure. like mm -hmm. yeah. feeder maybe fall in there. Definitely yeah, yeah, title you know, fight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and uh I think that Touche, at least at this point in their career with this first record, is definitely the the heavy band mm -hmm. of that of those of those bands. And uh it's it's funny because like I said, I just I wasn't as into them at that time as I am now. Uh I was definitely way more into La Dispute, uh but going back i definitely this record is like it's they from this point on like from the sec on their second lp on they start to get lighter so this is like the most aggressive record they have uh in, in terms of just like writing style i guess like they have lots of pretty stuff on this record but i think that this is like 
this is you you could still definitely call them a hardcore band at this point if you know loosely or whatever and then like starting with the second record you're like are they you know what i mean <laughs> so I it really that, like starts to go on i think that like like exactly what you're saying is correct like they did this and this is the sound that kind of like defines a lot of bands after them yes. but on their next record and moving forward they're already moving away from it mm-hmm. but a lot of other bands didn't follow them as quickly because this sound resonated so well. So like a lot of other bands began to like, began to appear that sounded like these bands and these bands were already leaving that sound behind, but these other bands didn't do that. So they kind of like created this wave or whatever, or they were a huge part of it. And then they quickly bailed out and went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to sound negative, they didn't bail out, but you know, no, no, I, was, yeah. I was trying to make a surfing reference because it's the word. <laughs> but uh, the the, the <laughs> they totally shrap the gnar, and then <laughs> there it is. There God, it is. God damn it, <laughs> uh, Dylan. What is your? Let's see. How do I always word <clears> this? What is your prior before doing this episode? What is your prior feelings or opinions on Touche Amore? Bef- you know, before listening to this for the show. Well, <laughs> we go back to 2009. Take, uh, tell us a story, Dylan. Dylan on Tumblr. Nice. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, um, there it is. Okay. That was your Tumblr name, Dylan on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> um, this record was inescapable. You know, this band was, it was just like every page is like someone's reblogging a track from I fucking from this love that the, the, ad, the first adjective... That you inescapable. use, it is capable. I mean, the the hype was, it was palpable. It was like as soon as you heard the name, as soon as you saw the, that record cover, you were and you you immediately <coughs> never stopped hearing it and never stopped seeing it. Like it was just and like of I like of course immediately I dived in. Like I checked it out. Like I probably ripped it from, downloaded it from, whatever blog spot. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, fuck! I was checking. Oh, shit. What frequently. was the biggie? What was the biggie, Jeremy? Oh, I mean, from uh, California, the one oh that was God, connected uh, to the dial. Uh, toxic breeds. Toxic yeah. breeds. Yeah. Toxic breeds. Funhouse. That one. Turns mm-hmm. out that person's kind of a piece of shit. But yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know that. I knew that. I knew somebody else from the dial was, but that sucks. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it up. I mean, who would know? Who would suspect that the guy who just like steals bands' albums mm. and puts them on <laughs> a right. blog spot for free? Yeah. Um, that was the <laughs> style at the time. It was. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I knew this record from the beginning. Like, uh, downloaded the, the what the EP that they had, yeah. the self-titled EP for it. So uh, listened to that a ton. Was like ready for the next record when it came out so um so i loved it i have a question I loved it then i have a question so you said you said it came out on 6131 um i wasn't aware of that because i when i was looking today it just says like they own like it says um touche amore as the right. co- as the copyright but then i remembered that they had like redone like, like they had re-recorded it at the 10 year yes. mark and i feel like they probably just got their they like were big enough that they were like hey we're gonna buy it back or maybe they oh, yeah just they got, got it back or i don't know i i would assume that the the rights just expired right like the whatever and yeah because they they re-recorded they let's talk about this just real fast they didn't just remaster no or they remix. like re-recorded they it. fully re-recorded yeah. this entire record yeah. 
Dead and put X. it out as Dead Horse X. Yeah. It, it, and like, because I, so speaking of La Dispute, they remastered or remixed uh, somewhere at the bottom of the river. And that is the only version you could find on the internet and for a while. And that made me so mad because yeah. it was so different sounding and it was so like, mm-hmm. it was like better quote unquote because it was like cleaner. But I was like, no, I liked the rawness. Just I liked rewriting the, the, history. Like. Right. But then Touche, in, you know, they wanted to do the same thing, but instead of getting rid of the old one, they just re recorded it. Smart. And I love that so much. I think that's so fucking cool. But I guess the record before, like the EP or whatever, the demo, 7-inch, uh, it currently belongs to No Sleep. So I guess, yeah. like, yes. it mm-hmm. came out there, and then, like, this came out on 6131. And I don't remember yeah. who did the next record. The Death two, Wish. It was, they go to Death Wish in 2011. So, yeah, it's 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 No Sleep to 6131 to Death Wish. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Which they so, kind of yeah. hang out with, right? Like they don't. Do they leave? Uh, Death they, Wish? they did. Yes, they're on Epitaph now. Uh, oh, so okay. they did. They did two records with Deathwish and have done two records with Epitaph. Which is so. kind of like a you know that's a pretty common trajectory. Like yeah. Deathwish I mean, to Epitaph makes converge put records on Epitaph. <laughs> right, yeah. still does. I mean, yeah, technically, yeah, technically yeah. their yeah. their records are still distributed by makes, Epitaph. So. It makes sense, you know. Like there are connections there. So like some of the heavy hitters from. Death Wish to go on to, to Epitaph makes I mean, sense. I would say Epitaph is arguably the biggest punk label. You know what I mean? Like, the biggest not major label punk label. You know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, so I I, I wanted to. So one of the reasons I, I got drawn to this record was the artwork. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Specifically, mm-hmm. uh, first off, I think it's really cool that their guitarist Nick does all their artwork. He's a he's a visual artist by like by career, uh, and I actually took some notes about some bands that he's worked with, uh, and this is all real because he he. So he's done. He did that Death Heaven record, the the Sunbather album art. What? That's him. Yeah, he's done uh, Single Mothers, uh, La Dispute, Jimmy World. But then he's also done bands like The Decemberist and City of Color or City in Color. And then also had some design work for Britney Spears, Pink, and Migos. Crazy. <laughs> like because that's his career. Right, he's it's like, like he works he for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit! Like he may not have created the full art for them, but he had a hand in in doing stuff totally. for them. And I was like. And I just think his, but yeah, if you go to his actual art, like the stuff that is fully his, he has such a cool style that, uh, and I mean, like you were saying, this shit was all over Tumblr. It's mm-hmm. very, very, it, it draws your eye. It's literally a you black cloud. I mean? 
Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool and really striking, especially for um, this time period, because like, you know, it's like, it's just fucking black and white darkness. And it's like, because when you look at stuff like from La Dispute, it's a lot more colorful and a lot more, you know, whatever. It is just like, it stands, it stands out in the Touche Amore discography because they, even after this, they've gone on to do more and more color stuff and different things like that. So it's just like, it's so cool. I don't know. I just really fucking like the artwork. Yeah, there's uh, some yeah. there's something about it that is just it's really striking. Like it it really jumps out from whatever page it's on. I don't I don't know what that is if it's like the negative space, if it's the you know, the way that there's black and white like so extreme and like yeah. nothing else. Yeah, I like you were saying you're saying like the negative it's like yeah, cuz like, you know, your eye is drawn to the white because it's a lighter color, but like the predominant, you know, subject is this giant black cloud. So it's like the negative space is almost, it is the subject. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think a lot about like the, um, for me, it's about the balance between the two. Like, so if you flipped it on its side, it's kind of split, uh, you know, right down the middle, black and white. And it's like this idea of, for me, it's like this idea of like, being swallowed up by the darkness or whatever because it's like coming down from heaven mm-hmm. uh, and it's this guy on, or this person on a bicycle or whatever but like it, I don't know for me it's a lot of like duality of man stuff like like it's like this is the thing that is inescapable you are always going to run into this fuck shit in life because that's what life because <laughs> that's what life is you know like like it's very like Buddhist like very life is suffering for me mm-hmm. that's what I get from it are there two versions of the cover? Because I'm looking right now, and I what see. Do you, which... I looked at the. You might be seeing Dead Horse X. No, so I'm looking. <coughs> it's giving me like this last FM image upload, and it has like the hand scrawled Touche Amore in the upper right corner, and then the rain is more lines than it is kind of like spots. Interesting. I don't know um, what this is. It could be like a maybe a test press cover or something. Well, because I mean, maybe. going so on on the on our podcast, we've discovered like um, sometimes the CD art is different than the vinyl art because with a vinyl record or with a CD, it's like uh, you know there's no slip covers. They just have to have everything. And also, as we found out working with Eulogy, you have to have your name on it. You can't like if it's going to get distributed a certain way. But like with a record, a vinyl record. You can just have just art if you want. So like it, that could be that could be what's going on. It could be I don't know, but could be yeah. Uh, also, it could be test press stuff because uh, that also could be whatever. Uh, there's a ten inch version. Mm. What on Holy Roar? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just that's like, fucking wild. Yeah, randomly to, pulling to, that up like, now. Yeah, I'm trying to get into my Discogs right now, so I, can I was gonna say it. I'm pulling up Discogs right. Now. But it has the same. Artwork for that one. Um, oh, it yeah. also includes what it what. what so fuck? okay, it's a ten inch. It's a ten inch. All of it's on. No, okay. So the A side is the first track through Broken Records, and the B side is the last three tracks of the album, and then four tracks from a live at Chain Reaction set. Hmm. Interesting. Weird. On it was for their Lord? Euro. Euro UK Tour 2010. That's what it was. Oh, before. so is is the art you're seeing? Is it like a is it like a circle? And then it says Touche More. 
Because no. I'm seeing that because I think that's a hype sticker. Oh man, <laughs> it's actually like written on it. Can you share? Um, can you share your screen? Is that a thing? Yeah, let present? me see. Like I'll show you. I'll even send you the exact link to it because it's the last FM um, image. Like if you look at where the link goes, that's where it takes you. So it's right here, and I'll excuse me uh everyone listening right now uh i guess if i was smart i'd just edit the shit out but you know we'll see where that is so i'm gonna throw this in the in the chat down here of course yeah very, very slow paced yeah i just wanna i wanna see it well i see a version on discogs that is like bright and colorful it looks like um <laughs> interesting someone drew crayon version of the cover <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah With, this like, is definitely similar but different yeah and i don't know if it could just be like because it is last fm literally anybody can just upload an i image. feel like i feel you know what i think this to me this feels like a sticker yeah yeah this feels like a sticker like that got made of the album art or a shirt or something or a like shirt or something yeah because like that's what that that feels like to me yeah. Anyway, I, I want this version. With oh, the, I love this the colorful sunglasses. one. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Sunshine. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> that reminds me on that episode we just interviewed Dwid. He did um, hand painted test press covers of uh, like Rasputin for the record and stuff <laughs> like that. It was really cool. Oh shit! And those shit. are worth I a pretty to... penny on shit. the internet. Yeah. Let me, I, I want before we get too far. I wanted to kind of say my introduction to the band too. So yeah. Yeah. Um, one because it's a little bit of a brag, but uh, <laughs> so uh, I saw Touche Amore in 2009. Oh shit! Uh, so it was at Fest. Um, oh, that's you know I live in Gainesville. I thought you. I thought maybe you were that machinist <laughs> who I've seen like on all the Fest lineups for like yes, years that's, now. That's right? us. <laughs> that's us. <Yep. laughs> uh, so like uh, this was. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you were at that fest or not. Um, it would have been. Maybe Fest 8, probably? No, I, my first was 12, so... Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember at the time, uh, Comadre was really hyped, and sure. they kind of had... You know, they they were playing Fest, and then at at this Fest, they were like, Comadre's playing a house show after fe- after the you know first night of Fest, and mm-hmm. uh, they're going to do uh, Refused Covers the whole set. Oh, nice. fuck. So... <laughs> Like, me and my buddy were like, well, hell yeah, we got to go to this. So we go to this house. It's, like, in a neighborhood. We get there, and we're like, oh, this shit's getting shut down, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's, like, literally, like, a hundred people at this one house in this neighborhood in Gainesville. And so, like, we're like, all right, let's see if this happens. And so, like, we go in, and, like, everybody's hanging out inside. Like, I don't know what the people did with their furniture. They must have moved all outside <laughs> of the house because it, it was just people in the house. And bands with their gear. So this is a punk house. Yeah, <laughs> presumably it's very possible they had no furniture. Right, <laughs> that's true. That's true. They just moved the milk crates outside. <laughs> it's just all stacked up in one of their bedrooms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like the first band plays, and we're like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. Who is this band? It's Touche Amore. Nice. So, so like this had come out by the time we'd seen them, but like I wasn't familiar with them yet. Um. I remember me and a friend were talking about them later, and we were like, "Hey, you remember that band we saw at Fist? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Here's their record, and like we li- we were listening to it at the time, and we really liked it. But it was just like really cool to see them. It was like them, like Comadre played, 
And you can watch the entire Comadre set on YouTube if you just look up like Comadre House Show. It's like the first sure. video. It's fucking insane. Um, <laughs> they you know they play all refused covers. And then like after them, it was like Daniel Stripe Tiger maybe was the okay. band. Okay. But I That's think cool. there was I think we were skeletons were supposed to play after oh. that. And That's then like they got shut down. Yeah, the cops showed up and they got <laughs> shut down like right after Daniel Stripe Tiger. So me and my buddy like we split after Comadre just because it was like this shit's gonna get shut down. Let's go. Yeah, you know, let's like, get out of here before the shit hits the fan. <laughs> but it was just like. Uh, that was my first exposure to them in like the coolest possible way you could that be is exposed to a cool band. Shit. Speaking about seeing them live, I've seen them uh, two times. Uh, once was at Fest. It was uh, Fest 14, maybe. Um, it They played, at the time, it was called Eight Seconds, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is like the second biggest stage at Fest. And they it was an amazing day. I, I really could only go to like one day, one show, and it was like Paint It Black, Touche, it was a killer lineup and uh touche played and they were all dressed up as ghosts and it was a really (laughs) fun fun great set i think it was right yeah so like uh uh their third record it's uh it's it's a blue cover i can't remember the name off the i Mm -hmm. can't remember the name off the top of my head anyways that that was out at the time and they played and it was great and they were supposed to play a house show uh that night and i was like oh sick and then like this was like, I don't know, at 8 p.m. or something. And then about 10 p.m. I hear, oh, no, Jeremy's on a plane back to L.A. Because if you know their fourth record, they have a song called Eight Seconds. And it's about his them playing a show and his mom passing away. Oh, and wow. he Because he got off stage from that set and got the voicemail that his mom had passed. Shit. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I get I'm literally goosebumping yeah. myself and I'm telling the story. But like it. So whenever I hear that song, I like I was literally at that show, yeah. and that was the first time I saw them, and it was just like the craziest circumstances. And then, you know, so yeah, that happened, and then I saw them the, again. The twenty twenty thirteen record is called "Is Survived by the Blue." Thank World. you. Uh, and then I saw them last year. Actually, um, they were opening up for Thrice on their most recent tour, and they played in Saint Petersburg at an outside venue, and I was like. I haven't been to a show in a long time and it's outside. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Mm. And they were incredible. You know, their new record came out, um, uh, came out a couple months before that lament or whatever. And that was really good. Um, but yeah, I've seen them twice, both incredible times, but that, that first time is literally, it's something I think about a lot. (laughs) It was really intense finding out that later that night I was like, Oh shit. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. The, you mentioned the Blue album uh, is survived by. At one point, Dylan and I had a a, uh, a running joke 
um, uh, when we, we, we were in a hardcore band at one point and we were trying to decide on what to call our EP and Dylan suggested like, we could just call it whatever the new Touche Amore is called. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Is survive by? by. He's like, no, no, no. Just call it whatever the new Touche Amore oh. is called. <laughs> Jesus. Damn, that's what you should have done. Damn. You guys <laughs> fucked it up. Dylan's We'd be gone. mega stars now. We didn't know what we were doing. No. <laughs> like... Same. I, I mean, that's fact, as, that's as I, good as uh, that's as good as our band name, Machinist. We sat in a room and just said words out loud till they till they <laughs> until it sounded that's good. That's a true story. That's a real thing. <laughs> that's what happens. That's yeah. better than that's better than the like endless group text chain that you yeah oh, that you yeah do, where you're just yeah. like sending like just song titles that you like and you're like this could be a good band name. And it's like <laughs> someone pick something. Yeah. <laughs> just choose. We, we were, were act- well, we were just like fuck it. Uh, we did it, and then like, you know, we got uh, we got some social medias, and then we were like, oh god damn it, there's like <laughs> other ones. So that's why we added the exclamation point to the band name because we were like, fuck it, man, we already got these things. We got like 300 followers, man. We're not fucking starting over, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking so ten years machinist. later, we still have a fucking exclamation point. <laughs> in our band name. We um we were called Cinder and Smoke, and uh, it came from an Iron and Wine song. And because uh, we I, thought that was funny too, we did a lot of things that we thought were funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead I'm of what fan. would be, I'm sure good. it worked out really well. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> what a dick! I do dick. remember. That was so mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're that an was really mean me. I'm really sorry. I remember we we played a show one time, and it was like it was our first set, and it was probably like a, a eight band you know show. Yeah. And Dylan was like, "Oh yeah, we're Cinder and Smoke," and somebody in the crowd goes. Like the Iron and Wine song, <laughs> yes. and he's like, exactly, hundred percent. Right. Prepare to get bummed the fuck out. Here we go. <laughs> Which is a power violence band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such great heights played, you know, in fifteen seconds. Damn. Uh, you know, we've really not mentioned talked about this record much at all. No. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Uh, all right. Well, here, here, I'll talk about something then. Uh, blah, I think. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, like I was saying, this record is uh, definitely it's like super aggressive uh, for for them, and uh, like they have like uh, I gotta pull up the track listing. I apologize, but track five uh, is like is like kind of like a spastic feel, which they don't do a lot uh, later on, and then like. But like I, I want to say my favorite song is probably ooh, track two. It, it, it's pulled off of uh, it's definitely pulled off their EP. It's like a re-recorded version of it. Honestly, uh, honestly, thank you. Uh, this is the song for me on this record. It, it's like the 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 initial dissonant main rhythm is really cool and then it hits into a really heavy kind of rocking part and then it it almost feels like it ends like a minute in and then it feels like it just changes into a completely different song but it's still mm-hmm. the same song uh, and then it's got that whole uh repeated section at the end where he says i'm losing sleep i'm losing friends i've got a love love hate love with the city i'm in and those lyrics i don't know they they a lot of the lyrics on this record, a lot of the lyrics that uh, Jeremy has written, really like speak to me, and I think that 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 line in particular uh, definitely does. I um, as a, I mean, we don't, I don't tour so much anymore, but we used to, Machinists used to tour a fuck ton, and that line in particular, it's like 
it hit for me for that. Like, it was just like, like I, I didn't really love where I was living. I was losing a lot of friends cause I was gone so much and I was, you know, I was tired. I don't know. It just like, it really spoke to me and it was something that like still stands out. Uh, and it's definitely a song that's in playlist of mine. Even if I don't listen to this record regularly, like this song in particular, I definitely do. I love it. It's a great song. Yeah, I think that Jeremy Bohm uh, absolutely is a phenomenal lyricist and uh, a poet. Like, I think that uh, the uh, rhyme schemes, but also, like, just the wordplay, and sometimes just, like, the... I love that... I What I love about it is that, like, there's all of these artistic notes in the writing, but then sometimes it just turns a left corner, and it's stark and hard and honest and like it's not pretty anymore it's like yeah I'll, i can do all this pretty shit but i'm a person too and i fucking feel the same shit that everyone else feels and sometimes i just want to scream at the sky about it and like that 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 comes through really strongly here uh, my favorite song on the record is sucker fish i think it's number seven uh, it's the one that starts out with the clean guitar with the like the yeah which is very like not hardcore you know like it's nope. very like it's um, it's very it's very similar to the beginning of the song "Blue Eyed Suicide" by uh, Across Five Aprils. Uh, mm. Like it's very like that. <laughs> like um, you mean actually, the band that uh, on Victory that uh, said that, that they that fake, had their fake, record stolen? <laughs> yeah, that fake. Yeah, they faked the guy leaking the record. That band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People like destroyed that guy's MySpace page. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he wasn't a real person, so it didn't matter. Uh, yeah, that band. Yeah, um, but uh, no one references them. That's why I was like, "What?" Dude, I, I, we, we talk about across five Aprils a lot. I I was <laughs> I was a and still am, I guess, a huge fucking fan of that band. <laughs> early, you know, the early stuff like the I, they started to lose me on the second Indianola record, and then they put that Victory record out. And I was like, mm, we got to play with them. Oh yeah, we played their reunion, their reunion show. We did. They did a, their their first did, yeah. their first reunion show, which was like probably. 2013 14 something like that but um the day after we played with blood comes cleansings reunion show yeah <laughs> it was freaking weird that was a was weird a really ass crazy week. weird ass weekend <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah like i i love that song because it's like it's kind of like what you're talking about like it's like one foot in one foot out like that transition yep. that i think that this song really exemplifies that idea like it's like there this is you know it's a hardcore band but like this is and even like having the dude from Thursday on the record, like this mm-hmm. is very like that, you know, like, but also the lyrics in this song, like it, the end of it where he's talking about, um, I mean, the exact line is, uh, if you never had the chance, then sing hallelujah. And like that, sh- <laughs> that shit makes me want to cry, you know, like it's just <laughs> so good. I was like, damn, it's like, you know, you can, you can choose for it to be your time now. Like you don't you can let all that other shit go and just like mm-hmm. you can say it and you can make that word your own. And I was like, dang, thanks Jeremy. <laughs> I, uh, I lean towards, uh, weirdly. I really like the song nine. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, just got this, like, it's really, sh- it's one of the short ones. Like they, yeah, it's, it's very short. Yeah. And I, it's funny. Cause like one of my complaints about, Let's say like swimming with sharks is that it is it's too short. I'm just like, oh, I right. want this to go on more. But then like nine, I think is even shorter. And I was yep. like, this is my favorite one. I don't know. Yeah. There's something. Nine, of- n- nine's 44 seconds long. <laughs> I think so it's, it's more. It's I think pretty- it's more. I think it's more interesting than swimming with sharks. So like, yeah. I think 
I think that's I think that's a major dig about this record that a lot of people have is that it's so simple. Um, but I I think that it's a I think that even in it's simple when you look back at it in comparison, but to like stuff that they've gone on to do. But like I think that it's a you could still see the the road mapping of like where this band was maybe gonna go, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I hear it a I, lot in um, the one you uh, you mentioned earlier, the Honest Sleep, like that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has these like refused new noise style, like stop start sort of like riffs in it, which I mm-hmm. feel like they incorporated a lot more on later stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dynamics like are beginning to be there, and then like as they go forward as a band, like those those peaks and valleys just get bigger and bigger and bigger. This this may. thought it was uh i my my note for the song nine is just this the bass player is really talented (laughs) (laughs) i was like i don't know i just noticed like he was playing some really cool bass lines i was like i was like to be honest though this band is like it's made up of a bunch of very talented musicians because it's like no one's like even the drummer it's like yeah he sticks to some two steps or whatever but like on songs like uh, uh uh track eight which is broken records he does like you know, he's doing like this drum beat intro that's very different than anything else he does on the record. Everyone doesn't, none of none of the instrumentalists stick to one thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that that's really cool yeah. and is a lot less focused on this record than they get on later stuff. And I think that they, you know, do a better job of that later on. But I think that this record, like you, you were saying, is like it really does show where they're going to kind of go with certain things. When you and, when you said he was talent, when you said he was talented. It sounded like you were like a an old man in a barber shop. You're like that bass player. He's very talented. He's a good boy. He's very talented. He's a- yes. <laughs> He's a um, sharp one. I I also I I wanted to pull up uh, one more lyric that I really liked uh, of Jeremy's. It's in the last song. Um, it's I was not born with a strong voice. It's never been one to boom, but I'll be damned to go out quiet if it's the only thing I'll lose. And I I love I don't know like it, like that's both literal and figurative because like his voice is very rough, and that is something that like Easily even now out. even now like Touche is like the cleanest they've ever been, and he still just got this rough ass voice, but he's still fucking doing it you know what i mean and i i I think that's like really uh admirable i think it's just like because he's just fucking doing it he doesn't care like 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 you know you listen like he's got that podcast uh the first ever podcast and he it's like to hear him talk you're like wow it's really his voice is kind of blown but it's how he sounds (laughs) it's just how he sounds but i think that's so cool that he just has embraced it and embraced the roughness and just like 
you know, you could hear the passion behind everything he's saying because of how rough it gets. And I don't know, like that song, that line just made that stuff stand out for me a lot more. He, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of bands in this genre. They tend to just like they eventually start to shift away from the sound, and their sound mm-hmm. has really evolved over the years to like a very different thing. So you'd think that he would be like, "All right, I don't have to obliterate my voice every single night anymore. Maybe I'll take singing lessons or whatever. right, yeah." But he <laughs> you know. didn't. <laughs> nope. he no, still, still kills his voice. Yeah, when I saw him live last year, he's still just like. Th- he still is. He's still a hardcore frontman. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's still that, and it's awesome. But I'm such a fan of it, man. Like I love like the rough voice over pretty stuff, or even the rough voice singing pretty stuff. Like I, I love it. It just seems genuine yeah. and real. You know, like it hasn't been yeah. like molded into this thing. It's just, <laughs> just what he sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has a, a particularly. <sighs> I'm trying to think of the right adjective to describe what what he's doing with his voice. Inescapable. (laughs) (laughs) He has a voice that... He has a screaming voice, a yelling voice that you shouldn't do. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, ooh, that sounds hurty. Like, he has a style that I kind of did uh, when I was a hardcore vocalist. And so, like, I know what that feels like. And I'm like, I'm thinking, like... 10, 12 years of doing that, mm-hmm. I can't imagine yeah. it. Yeah, 100, 100, 150 shows, 175 shows a year. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah, they, they put out a record uh, a couple years ago. They, they had done 1,000 shows or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, Where is it at? It's a live record, isn't it? It's like yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. It's like 10-year, 1,000 shows like thing. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> it's like a crazy venue, too. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool that they have two guest vocalists on this record, both named Jeff. You're so good. <laughs> uh, they are, right? Yeah, it's uh, Jeff Eaton and Jeff Rickley, yeah. and they spell them different. Different uh. Jeff spellings. <laughs> yep. Geoff. But, yeah, G- I, for the longest time, I thought that's it was Geoff. Because uh, uh, what's his name in uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a skater named Jeff something and i was always like g g off g i don't know how to say that <laughs> is, is he italian uh, what is no that? he's he's uh english <laughs> like, um but anyways uh, i don't uh, i don't acknowledge any g spelled jeffs <laughs> they're not G-O-F. they're not they're not with us uh but i i think that like the fact that they got fucking the dude from thursday Crazy. the dude from modern life is war on this fucking first lp are you yeah. kidding me yeah. that's insane especially at this moment like thursday mo- like modern life it, makes sense a little bit but like thursday is out of fucking outer space that shit's crazy yeah like that's a huge get yeah. and like i don't know man i was like in 2009 uh, yeah that's crazy <laughs> like, like thursday put out i think thursday put out a record this year called, they did is that a uh, what record was that uh, but yeah, they, it's it's a f- okay record. And actually, I saw Thursday this year, the in two thousand and nine. They were on the uh, Taste of Chaos tour. Hell and was, yeah! And it was Thursday. <laughs> Bring me the horizon. Uh, Cancer bats. Uh, shit. Four years strong. And oh, wasn't um, wasn't the fucking the wasn't Killswitch like on that a lot? Taste yeah, they weren't on that. They weren't on that one. But anyways, it was those bands, and I was just like. I was just, like, not into Thursday at the time. I was more of a... I know this is weird, but I was more of a thrice guy. Like, 
all of my friends, you either like Thrice or you like Thursday. And it was just like, I was definitely like uh, Thrice more than I like Thursday. It was Common Existence. That's the record. Yeah, it's like, not a, not it's a okay. great... It's okay. It's not, but like, but still, Thursday's on top of the world at this right. moment. And they get fucking Jeff from Thursday on their fucking album. So, mm-hmm. And when they re-recorded it a couple years ago, they got everyone to do their parts again. So he got to Jeff, both Jeffs to do it again. I don't I, know. Fucking crazy. I want to say I saw this, and I don't know if this is like a crazy thing I was just making up, but... Okay, it's true. Uh, so, the record... Uh, it came out on 6131 and Collect Records. Collect Records is Jeff Rickley's record label. Oh. So I don't know... Uh. <laughs> Oh, you know what's uh, Jeff Rickley is still involved in some record label stuff recently because he, I want to say, collect uh, now. Now this is ringing a bell. Maybe recently got some funding. Uh, well, I say recently, like five years ago, uh, from that pharmaceutical uh, douchebag Martin Screlly, <laughs> and it got all weird with that. And then, like when all that crap came out about him, they, they like. Oh, oh, yeah, and, like uh, the, yeah, it was yeah. like a whole thing, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, no, was, no, 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 we're not with." Yeah, because like they signed nothing to put out what became "Tired of Tomorrow" right. and like this whole thing, and like, but yeah, it's I <laughs> it's totally weird. forgot about it's a that. weird thing. Yeah, because he did. Yeah, it was like they were gonna do something together, and they hadn't really done much yet. Like they were like yeah. at just yeah. the beginning stages of doing it, and then he's like, "Oh no, 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 no." Just kidding, just kidding. It's like when Netflix split into the two companies for like three days oh, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was like, "Everybody was like, what the fuck did you do?" And they were like, like "Oh, just oh nothing. no, we're sorry, we're so sorry." No, 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 no. Quickster, who? Who did that? We've been pranked. We've we've been hacked. Ah. Yeah, we've been hacked. Talk about <laughs> they hacked Netflix. Something that could have destroyed them too. God, if they hadn't yeah. have changed it back, Netflix would not be a part of our zombies. No. Like it, it would be gone. But the wasn't the funny thing is wasn't Quickster supposed to be? Was that going to be the DVD side? That was the DVD. That was the DVD. So side. it's like, but like, and no one even does the DVDs anymore. But at the time, it was still yeah, very important because yeah. they, well, they saw the I future. Have... They were like, streaming's where it's at. But then they were like, let's, <laughs> yeah, Quickster, uh, maybe man, Quickster. Hmm. Didn't expect them to come up uh... <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, literally again, ever. <laughs> Though I do think yeah. of a funny SNL sketch that happened around that time. Um, where they had they they did the Quickster joke and they were like oh while we were gone someone uh, took the name Netflix so now we're called Nutflix and, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. and I've called it Nutflix since then <laughs> Nutflix that's good um, I wanted to mention uh, just on a about that the person that recorded the record Alex Estrada you mentioned that the, he had done those Joyce Manor records at yeah. the time he's gone on to do some pretty cool stuff he's worked with uh, a bunch of like really aggressive bands he worked with nails <laughs> and zabalba and seizures and Colombian necktie and i was like wow he really was like fuck screamo like lower california bands yeah like these crazy he also just bands from la he, that new deaf club record which is uh uh justin pearson mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> what's his name surge from acxdc yeah, yeah, yeah he did that he just did their new record too so he's still active i thought that was really cool he's like Literally known at the time for Joyce Manor and Touche Amore, and now he's doing like man that ingress. Not yeah. not to talk about something completely unrelated, but that fucking Def Club record is crazy. Like it's the good. shit that's out off of it is fucking good. Oof. Andy did a Billy Talent record. <laughs> oh. How could you? All forget? right. How okay. I know. I saw that. I was like, 
Billy Talent, huh? I listened to Bell- Billy Talent 2 a lot when that came out, because <laughs> I saw them on Warp Tour. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't realize he did the... Oh, shit. He did that new Blake... Oh, it's because Joyce Manor's on it. Uh, that Blake Schwarzenbox 7-inch that uh, oh, yeah. is with that comic. So, oh. He probably did the... the... He did the Joyce Manor side, probably. Yeah, yeah Manor, that makes yeah. sense. Oh, he did that Quiet Fear record. That record rules. Oh, He's done some yeah, cool yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's done some really <laughs> neat stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm I've mentioned before that I don't have patience for long records anymore. So like getting an eighteen minute album like this, it's just like, oh, why couldn't they all be eighteen minute albums? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the on the podcast we me and Jeff have definitely like I, I'm very much like a, if it hits thirty minutes, I'm like, Okay, this is this is almost too much and then we've listened to records that are like for the Patreon especially that are like over an hour i'm like i'm losing my fucking mind this is so long j j uh j moss from defeater talked about it a lot on the podcast about because he's recorded a bunch of records uh for death wish and he, he talked about uh what is the word jeremy listener what? fatigue mm. listener fatigue, fatigue. listener oh, fatigue yeah. he's yep. like he's like bro this is a real thing and it's he's like as a producer it's something that we think about like it's a thing that happens you get to the back end of the record and nobody fucking remembers it you know, I feel like even checked out. a lot of later Death Wish, like with the more like metal bands that they start to have, yep. like you start to see that a lot more too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean even Converge, I mean fucking mm-hmm. Blood Moon uh, is long. <laughs> yeah, but it's like uh, all we love, we leave behind is a double LP basically. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking long as shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's like I love that record, but I don't listen to the whole thing very much. You know what I mean? Like, it's way too much. What was that other metal band that uh, Jake was just in? Uh, Umbra yeah, Vitae that one. or Blood from the Soul? Uh, both. <laughs> the one with the dude. It's the one with the dude from Job for a Cowboy. That's Umbra Vitae. Umbra Vitae. Like I think those records are kind of long too. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. They're like yeah, your, metal they're bands like your have standard long like metal length. You know, yeah. like. 45, you're getting 50. 10 songs and it's going to be at least 40 minutes like yeah yeah bottom it's going to be at way least too much <laughs> Jeremy way too much <laughs> Jeff made me sit through a fucking dream theater record Ooh. I will never forgive him <laughs> okay uh, I had a friend in college who was like Prague was his jam and so like that was literally all we ever listened to together like like you like Whee! <laughs> he loved like yeah. Dream Theater was his favorite band and like made me listen to the was it Liquid Tension Experiment like the Dream Theater <laughs> oh. s- instrumental side project yeah, yeah. Well, it's so the, me. the drummer it... of our the drummer of our old band was yeah. like a was like a power metal prog yeah guy mm. like that's mostly what he listened to he'd Damn. be wearing like Blind Guardian shirts at the hardcore shows <laughs> sick 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 um, he just kept putting these fucking gallops into our hardcore songs. <laughs> yes, yeah. We definitely got complaints about the double bass. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to two-step like, to us. I mean, I I didn't give a shit about that. I liked the double bass. I thought the way he played was cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <coughs> you know, on a short record though, the downside is you don't have a lot to say about <laughs> the music. <laughs> well, I mean, like I I think that like. I don't know. As a whole, I think this record does exactly what it sets out to do, and it doesn't need the length to do it in because Mm -hmm. they are capturing a like 
aggressive meets you know it, it's this it's this post hardcore screamo wave of stuff and it's like I think they capture the energy and really well and even if they don't necessarily like the way the record sounds aka they re-recorded yeah. it uh, I think it sounds really good and I think it 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 really captures especially what they were doing at the time and obviously they've changed their sound a little bit since then but like I don't know man I I I every time would have a rather have a record be too short than too long because it it, it wearing out a welcome is way yeah. worse than not mm-hmm. having eno- enough there and uh i think that this is a great record i think that it hits the mark really well and i think it really sets the stage for what they were set to do with the next record which is my favorite record by them uh parting the sea and uh you know and it set them up to be one of the most successful if not the most successful modern screamo band i mean they're on fucking epitaph they're managed by the same company that manages like jay-z you know what i mean like they're they're doing it and they're doing it and, and they're not like we said he's still doing the same kind of aggressive voice they're still doing what they want to do they still have full control over almost all of their music like the the artwork like and also like they're so like adamant about keeping track of everything they put out art books they've done and it's just like this is such a cool thing and to see it at from the very beginning like this is really neat because it's like, like i said i haven't revisited this record in a minute um and so like i don't know like i don't i don't feel like i think that this record is just great i don't know <laughs> i think i think that it's a real milestone and it's important as a roadmap so like obviously you know maybe some people that got into touche later like aren't as interested in this because it's very different uh but i think it's important to go back and listen to it if you want a full uh, panoramic view of like where they were coming from to see like where they came to. I think that that's super important. And I think that this record is a great snapshot of that because it's kind of like, damn, like this is the beginning, but you could already see like where they were going to go. Um, but also I think that it's super cool because like, this is like the, the, you know, they had the, the record before, but like, this is the first LP of a band that like went on to become like Jeremy said, so successful and so like, just inundated inside of the scene, but also like Jeremy Bohm and like, I don't know, I can't speak for the other people, but like that cat has his finger on the pulse of what is going on. Like he, he is connected. He is aware. Like he's worked with all these like newer bands that are super important, like soul glow, like, uh, like he interviewed Zeta, uh, on, on his podcast. Like he's uh, done, done stuff with gouge away. Like these bands that are like, really fucking cool that like you know have put in the work and have have done it and have are really telling some saying something different to the world like this guy is helping them like he's putting a hand down and like fucking helping pull these bands up onto like a much wider stage and uh, it's really cool to see because he doesn't have to like he doesn't have to fucking do anything with any of these bands and he'd still be you know renowned forever i think that i you know not to put words into his mouth at all but i like i would i wonder if like having jeff rickley and you know having Mm. someone at the top of their game coming down to like be like a part of your band super early on put your record out and do not just put your record out but like actually like collaborate with you creatively like yeah like put skin in the game on your record that's gotta be so much fuel Mm -hmm. yeah for you to for like the rest of your life to be like, wow, someone that big 
yeah. helped me so yeah. early on. I, like, I, I need to do that. I need to be that kind of person. Totally. Which, I mean, and, uh, and that makes yeah. sense. Like, Jeff was involved with lots of little things, like, mm-hmm. around that time period and was just, like, That's always cool. doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't Thursday, like, he was always doing stuff. Yeah, I think that, like, an example is, like, on their Two Chase tour that they're about to go on, like, they're bringing along Vane as support, which is funny. Uh, but they're also, as, like, the little bands are bringing along Military Gun, which I mm-hmm. think is really cool. So sick. And that band is fucking incredible. And so it's just, like, they're still doing that. They're, yeah, they're still doing up it. with them. They're still, you know what I mean? Like, they're still I love it. very active in that stuff. So, and And bands like this don't last this long like no that's crazy it's crazy they're still so in the in the conversation yeah like (laughs) i mean what's the the classic joke is a screamo band records an album and breaks up Mm -hmm. right oh yeah like that's the that's the life lifetime of a screamo band Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i mean like let's think like touche jillian carter yeah what (laughs) (laughs) yeah what other screamo bands last Uh, around i guess is piano still doing stuff i don't know no, 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 they're done, really. done. Huh? And even their sound changed so. a lot too. Um, totally. Yeah, they changed so dramatically. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like even even like the other like people that kind of followed in the Touche Amore like steps. Like Defeater didn't like. Is Defeater? They broke up and then came yeah, back. Right. Like they're and they're kind, but they're different kinda. now. And I mean, yeah. who's yeah. our comparisons now? Like even they're a, a younger band, but like what Code Orange and then they even they did the same thing where they just like yeah. changed their sound so much. Right. Yeah, they 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 stopped being a good band. <laughs> oh. oh, they started being a wrestling theme song band. I mean, totally cool, man. They're when, doing it, man. When Blade Four comes out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're on that. They will kill 100%. that soundtrack. A hundred percent. It sounds like Static X. I mean, it does. Yeah, that new song. But they want oh, it man. to, and that's cool because like that's, that's what they great for them. Do. It's just not for me. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> wrestlers, wrestlers are gonna need theme songs. Yep. It's Blade movies are gonna need scores, forever, soundtracks. Yeah, it's gonna... You gotta, you gotta kill vampires to something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there has to be blood. There has to be blood sprinklers in the vampire club to something. <laughs> something. How is Disney going to do a Blade movie? <laughs> I don't know. I they don't keep know. pushing like how, this yeah. Morbius thing back, man, and I think it's because they know it's fucking bad. Yeah, they probably I, watched I it. Feel, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that movie has been like. <laughs> shuttled around so much that they're just like there's got to be a reason for it and i feel like the reason is that it's bad oh it's like the new mutants yeah. they got pushed like four years late and it's a bad movie. it's just bad it's just not good <laughs> just admit it's uh, bad and put it out just do it, it. Gonna, no. do just it. yeah do what like... they did with the venom movies <laughs> and just dump a ton of movie money into promoting them <laughs> yeah. yeah come say it please <laughs> Why does no one want to come to the movies anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I just paid $18 to watch this piece of shit. I, I, the first movie I went to see in the theaters post everything reopening post pandemic, um, it was, was Candyman, which was good. Yeah. Um, but watching the previews before it, like every preview, I'm just like, Oh, uh, my you're God, like, no, so no, bad. no. <laughs> What have you done? The Venom one was in there, and I said out loud to my wife, "That looks fucking terrible." (laughs) Yeah, like who knew? Who knew? Like when the first, when Spider Man three with Tobey Maguire, when that happened, and that Venom happened, 
who knew that like Venom would continue <laughs> and continue and continue like down a bad, bad cinematic path. Like they're like, well, it can't be fucking worse than this. It can't be. When I, oh it's just so, God it's so, so it. funny to me that it's Woody Harrelson was, was they got him to so, play Carnage and people said that for like 30 years. Woody Harrelson should play Carnage. And then he was awful. Still he shit. was awful. It's shit. Like, <laughs> he's, he's it. The problem is Sony because uh, when I was doing the, I had a, mo- I had a movie pass card and I used that thing Same. like crazy. And it was, and then when that ended, I, why not? I switched to uh, the A-list, which is the AMC one. And so like, I was seeing 50 movies a year at the movie theater and I was going once, twice a week. And so I was seeing every fucking thing. And then totally. when it, it got, <laughs> I got to see so many movies that I could, the opening, like, oh shit, this is a Sony yeah. horror movie. Oh, this is going to oh, be yeah. horrible. Oh, no. And they're always terrible. <laughs> goddamn boogeyman. Here it comes. <laughs> fucking bye-bye man. God damn it. <laughs> well, Obviously, whenever we step completely away from the subject matter, the podcast is probably done. uh, And that's why... (laughs) No, I got nothing. I want to thank you both so much for doing the show. This has kind of been uh, in the works for a little bit. Mm, Um, I think I messaged you a while back and saying, like, we should do a crossover, and then... Yeah. Never followed up. (laughs) You know, life's life's complicated, you know what I mean? Totally, it really... And it, it really is. It took uh, Joel from Ancient Shores. Um, I shared one of your posts in like a story on Instagram, and Joel commented and was like, "What is this?" He didn't even know the show existed. <laughs> and so then I was like, "Yeah, I talked about doing something with them a while ago." He's like, "Do it now!" <laughs> That's sick. So, That's uh, awesome. Well, thanks, yeah. Joel, for making this happen. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for hooking it up, Joel. Um, tell people uh, where to find the podcast and where to follow you online, because you know. We... Uh, well, you can find the podcast at Deathscography Pod on most social medias, um, and you know, like we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and stuff. I would say Instagram's probably the place to to really follow us because that's where we share a lot of like uh, saucy. We do contests. No, <laughs> saucy. We do like. We do like contests and stuff, you know, we'll give or giveaways like we like that's kind of what we use most of our Patreon money for is to buy shit to give away. So like So so we are connected uh, to Death Wish in that fact as we just like <laughs> I would be I I would say I would be interested to see like their back catalog like when we cover a, a record to see if there's like a tiny little Any sort like, of spike like a yeah. week a little Yeah, where people were like, "Oh shit, that was a record. Let me see." Yeah. And like they they go buy some like integrity pins off the fucking yeah, store exactly. or something you know um yeah like but like yeah we i just got a uh we're gonna be doing a giveaway for this at some point i just got a that they they signed a band called harbor lights a couple years ago mm-hmm. and they're doing a clear out thing of their merch and i got a like two lps from them signed so we're gonna give those away at some point you know just like whatever we can kind of get a hold of um but yeah personally you can find me on the various stuff at iron ray gun uh i post a lot of like uh band pictures like like i take i'm a photographer so i take a lot of photos of bands and then also like photos of my cats and shit like that so i like that yeah, I'm on it. you can find me on instagram and twitter at car bomb sermon um i post what do i post a lot of jeremy my kid 
um, your kid, but you do a lot of your 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 poems. Yeah, there's stuff. a lot. Yeah, like there's that's... yeah there's a lot of poetry stuff on there. Uh, there's a lot of like, um, a lot of band promotion because uh, you know we're always playing or doing something. So there's always some shit like that. But uh, yeah, actually, shit, it, this is coming of... out next week. What's that? This episode is coming out yeah. next week. Yeah. Yeah, Machinist is doing a couple shows. Yep. <laughs> if you live in Jacksonville, Tallahassee, or uh, Gainesville, come come hang out hey. with us. Yeah, we're running we're running across Florida with this band called the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir, uh, and they're yeah. they're fucking sick, uh, crazy like I don't know, chaotic kind of hardcore band, but uh, with a lot of noise shit. But they're awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's in February, so coming up pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, first first weekend of February. Nice. So. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure to include links to all that stuff in the show Thanks. notes. Um, nice. Last thing we always ask our guests to do is to shout out a charity or a nonprofit that they like to bring some attention to. Do you have one? Yeah, actually, it's funny because I didn't plan this, but uh, Girls Gainesville Rock Camp, uh, a shirt I'm wearing right now, um, that is who I'm shouting out because they do a really great service here where uh, every year they do a big rock thing and they, they teach uh, girls, uh, or whoever, you know, basic instruments, people who can't get access to those instruments. And like, they do a big showcase where they, they each play an original song and it's like, they're always looking for fundraising help. So Gainesville girls rock camp. That's who I'm shouting out. Oh man. I I don't have a specific one. I fucked it up and dropped the ball and did not, uh, think of one or, or look up one. But for me, man, super important is, uh, protester bail funds. It's something that we talked a lot about. Uh, in the summer of uh, 2020 on on our podcast and it's something that we we helped we tried to help donate a lot of money to uh, and bring a lot of attention to and it's something that you know we live in we uh, not to get on a soapbox but we live in a country where like it's prohibitive like it's become criminal to it's become it's been made criminal to protest so it cost a lot of money to a lot of people who don't have that money to be able to like get themselves out of jail or get themselves out of legal trouble and bail funds bail funds exist across the united states to help people and it's really an important tool because it allows us as citizens to still protest without the the fear of you know like obviously much worse things happening but like you take some of the pressure the, the the monetary pressure off of trying to get out there and you know, speak up about what you think is right. And I think that bail funds are super important in our current society. Yeah. That's usually my fallback too. Um, it does seem like, uh, you know, after 2020 nobody seemed to care about that kind of thing anymore. It's just, it's still a thing. Yeah. It's still a real thing. Yeah. Really, uh, it's shitty how, uh, well, Joe Biden won, so everything's better now. But uh, yeah, it's totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Yep. Mm. Get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No more ten day loafing. It's five now. It's <laughs> fine. Crazy, it's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. We should we should caveat like we're trying to play some shows in February. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Fingers yeah. fingers crossed. Jillian Carter's whole tour yesterday got canceled, so yeah. it's like yeah, mm, we'll see. Yeah, they're dropping like flies right now. I was watching That's... one. I was like, I'm not buying tickets to this until I know. <laughs> and like Real literally, the man. first show didn't even happen. So. Nope. I mean, Soglo Soglo was on that is on that Circa tour, and like the first month of it got postponed. Yeah. The Circa Survive tour, yep. and like, I know that's just. I mean, it sucks for Circa Survive, but it's so fucking devastating for those like like Soglo. That's a fucking life changing tour. Yeah. you know. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. fixing to be in front of so many faces, and like, yeah. to have it canceled like a couple days before they're supposed to leave, like, fuck. 
I'm gonna call it now though. I do think Soul Glow is gonna be the uh, the hype hardcore record of 2022. Yep. Fucking, I don't respect this person really that much, but the Needle Drop dude already shared it. I was like, they're fucking. There <laughs> it's we going, go, man. Yeah, yeah, that's Good. it. They deserve is, it. The guy, is that the is that the bald guy with the glasses on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. 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 An- mm. Anthony Fandango or whatever his name is. Yeah, whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he? He's got an audience. Oh, he's buddies with yeah. what's yeah yeah, yeah totally names, right. Was he the guy who was He's, buddies with uh, Death From Above? N- I don't know. No, that's the dude from... The Death From Above dude was like the guy who was buddies with the guy from Vice who started the Proud Boys oh, or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, dude, that dude's also been on like a To Live A Lie kick, though. He shared a couple of their records lately, like uh, <laughs> the Spy record and... Uh, oh, that's a good record. Something else. Like, yeah, he's been talking about a couple of their things, to live, too. So. To Live A Lie Rules. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening and uh, enjoying thank the you. show. And Jeff and Jeremy, thank you so much for doing the show. This is great. Man, fu- fuck, man. Thanks for having us, yeah. guys. This has been it's super been fun. Time. Like, I feel like... Th- I don't know if you're going to do a lot of ebi- uh, a lot of editing, but I feel like this is like a two-hour episode currently. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll keep it at the two so, hours. Why not? You know, I, yeah. I don't edit too much out of the show unless it's mm. just, uh, you know, absolutely, like... What are you doing? You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we definitely. Jer, uh, Jeremy definitely edits a lot of me being like, "Oh man, this thing," and then like a couple minutes later, I'll be like, "Damn, that was dumb as fuck. That was completely wrong." Uh, let me take that out. Put this part in where I say the right thing, and I don't get flamed by the internet. Yeah.